Hey guys, welcome to Spirit Pig. I'm Duncan CJ, and today I'm talking to an awesome, awesome guy. He is. I've been looking forward to this one for a few weeks. I'm talking to <laughs> Sean Swarner. Uh, and now, um, when Sean was 13, he was diagnosed with stage 4 Hodgkin's disease, and he was given about two or three months to live. He survived, but then at age 16, the doctors discovered another totally unrelated form of cancer, Askin sarcoma, and this time he was given only 14 days, and he was read his last rites. The only recorded person, I think it's in history, to have been diagnosed with both these deadly d- uh, cancers... Uh, But again, Sean survived, and he's gone on to become the first ever cancer survivor to uh, to summit Mount Everest. Uh, The first cancer survivor ever to climb the highest mountains on all seven continents, to do the Ironman World Championships in Hawaii, the the list goes on and on and on. And uh, he now has his sights set on trekking both the North and South Poles. He's the author of the book Keep Climbing, and has been voted one of the top eight most inspirational people of all time. Sean, thank you so much for being here. <laughs> Jesus, man. You're blushing. Well, after that intro, I don't even need to be here. Everything's done. <laughs> and good night. Thank you so much, guys. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Quick and to the point. <laughs> How are you doing, Sean? You well? I'm, I'm great. Sitting here in Colorado looking out the window. It's a beautiful sunny day. And um, <clears throat> I, was, I was just kind of listening to your intro and not only am I, am I the, the first cancer survivor to do that, obviously the first cancer survivor to do Everest, uh, seven summits. I just got back from the South Pole, and when I did the Hawaii Ironman a number of years ago, I'm actually the only person in the world to do, to do what I've done. Not just cancer survivor, but only, period. One lung, two lungs, cancer, no cancer. So I'm actually really fortunate. Wow, oh my God. I, I, to be fair, I, I didn't actually realize it was just, it was period, like without, okay, oh my God. And actually, when, when, I, when I was on your website, I knew that um, the South Pole was on the horizon. So you've just got back, have you? Just oh, got back. So I have a ton of video. Um, you know, I can, I can share some with you too, but I have a ton of video that we're looking to put on the website. I've just been way too busy since I've been back to actually put anything together and, and update my website. It's crazy. How was it? Was it, was it an unbelievable trip? You know, it was it was the, and I don't mean this in a in a bad or wrong way, but it was the most boring expedition I've ever been on. And it's well, think about it. You know, you're trekking the South Pole. We landed, and we went in one direction for over 80 miles, and it's the same terrain everywhere you look. So it's it's, it's kind of like being in um, out in the middle of the ocean. So you can't see anything, just the horizon and 360 degrees all around you. And rolling waves, so no big waves, just kind of rolling waves. Flash freeze it, turn it into really hard-packed snow, and that's what it's like. So, I mean, some, for some people, when the clouds come in, there's no difference between the, the clouds and the ground, so, so vertigo sets in. And like I said, there, there's, there's no difference, and, and it's the most boring trip ever. You go in one direction for 80 miles, man. But it was also beautiful for like the first couple of days, and then the cold kicked in. It was in Fahrenheit. It was minus eighty, so in Celsius, it's it's still cold. Yeah. So we'll just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe like maybe just maybe avoid the South Pole. Maybe maybe stick to the mountains, you know, and stuff like that. <laughs> maybe. Well, after after that, I actually um, I cashed in some frequent flyer miles and actually and did a a free trip to Belize. So I warmed up there, went home for a day, and then flew to India for some presentations. Oh, amazing. <laughs> so I warmed up there, too. I, uh, I thawed out, and I still have a little tiny bit of frostbite on my chin. I don't know if you can see it or not, but... Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. 
I had some on my nose too, um, and um, I did. I was. I'm doing some Skype phone calls or Skype calls with classrooms, so like first grade to twelfth grade, or sorry, grade one to grade twelve. So you guys can understand. Um, and I was doing. I think it was a third grade class, and I had some on my nose, and I pointed it out to the classroom. And as we were getting off the, the call, some little kid goes, "Take care of that clown nose." <laughs> I was like, "Thanks, man." <laughs> Kids are awesome. <laughs> They're good for the confidence. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm gonna, can I take it back, basically, um, from, we're going to basically just go back a few years. And um, when you had these, um, you know, these diagnoses, you know, obviously that was, I mean, I can't even imagine what that would have felt like. But you, you felt in your soul and in your heart that you were going to make it through. Like, how, how important was that belief? Like, do you think that that just total belief, was that instrumental in your survival because one thing I definitely want to touch on and definitely want to discuss with you is this idea of hope and I'd just love to hear your thoughts on that. Well, you know, people always ask me, you know, I always seem I always seem like I'm constantly positive. I'm constantly full of hope, but you know, just like everybody else, I have ups and downs. You know, life's a roller coaster, up, down, up, down, up, down, and no one's straight flat line. I mean, unless you're on some meds and you're keeping straight one line, which is fine if somebody somebody's on meds, great. You know, stay on them. You're doing a great job. But for most people, you know, we have we have ups and downs, and I did have some downs when I was going through my treatments. And what, what I'm thinking about right now, and, and what I'm working on, is you know, I did climb Everest. I you know, the seven summits, all the stuff you mentioned. That's not relatable because more than likely, all the people who are watching this, I'll guess no one's probably done Everest. Um, no one's done the Seven Summits. That's not relatable to people. They think, okay, that's fantastic. That's awesome. You know what he did's amazing, but that doesn't. Re- Oops, sorry. That doesn't relate to the normal person. And I'm normal too. I've just done some amazing things. Just been fortunate with my life. What is relatable are those struggles. And everybody has challenges in their lives they have to overcome. Everybody has to keep pushing forward. And I think what you're, you're hinting at right there is hope. And I think hope for people is what connects us. And you have to maintain that hope knowing that um, things are going to get better. You know, I was given three months to live my first cancer, 14 days to live the second cancer. I was actually in a coma for a year of my life, and I only have one functioning lung. You know, hope really continued to, to pay, play a huge part in my life and continue pushing me forward. And I think that's what's um, relatable and that's what's uh, cohesive and that's what's going to bring us all together too. So not, not climbing the mountain, but the struggles and the, uh, the tools that we all use to move forward past those struggles. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. You describe cancer as, I mean, you're talking about, you described it as the worst thing that's ever happened to you, but also the best thing that's best ever happened thing. to you. Can you maybe just elaborate, like, so how has it been one of the best things that ever happened to you? Well, you know, it's, it's made me realize so much about my life that most people don't. Um, I think going back, I was, I was 13 the first time, 16 the second time. So essentially, you know, the developmental years of my life, the, my teenage years, when you're, start, when you're supposed to develop this uh, concept of self, this concept of the future, you know, who you are, you're, the, the people you're hanging out with, you know, all that, all those things. And when my friends were out, you know, chasing girls, collecting baseball cards, worrying about the, the nicest hairstyles, the coolest clothes, the newest styles, the nicest shoes, I could give two 
you know, whatever about that because I was fighting for my life and I understood what was important about life and it's friendship, you know, health, family. Those things are important. It's not the monetary wealth that people develop. I mean, you'll, you'll never see a U-Haul in a, in a funeral procession. You know, you're not going to take that stuff with you. When you die, it's over. So make the best of what you have now and live in the present and actually appreciate every moment you've been given. So I think going through the cancers really helped me develop um, a really good idea of appreciation. And I think it's, it's relatable across all, all, all survivors, you know, cancer survivors, people who maybe even domestic abuse, you know, drugs and alcohol, people who've gone through anything traumatic, there's a cohesive bond and being a survivor if you look at it the correct way and again it's, it's it's all about perspective you know you you have this event you come out of the other out on the other side from this event it's all up to you how you see what happened to you in the past yeah that makes no, sense I mean, too yeah no absolutely so i was just just letting that sink in i mean because you, you mentioned it there just in the face of this just is it become very black and white? You know, what stuff is just trivial and unimportant? And you, you mentioned there, like health, friendship, family. That's what it comes down to. It's really, it's, we, we overcomplicate it. It's, it's, it's that simple. You know, I, I don't, I don't want to say it's that simple because, you know, I, I want the toys just like everybody else. You know, if I could, I'd, I'd get a Ferrari. I'd drive that thing around. I mean, that'd be awesome. But do I need it? No. Um, do I want it? Yes. You know, there's, there's a huge difference between needs and wants. But it, it does come down to what is most important to you. And that also kind of defines who you are as a person. You know, there are, there are egotistical people out there. There are narcissistic people out there. There are genuine people out there. And if you look at what matters to those people, I kind of think that develops um, into the, the persona. And everything that you've been through in your past, those decisions that you've made have helped you become who you are today. Yeah, and so okay, so I like that. So it's actually more about what what truly matters. I mean, sure, like I wouldn't turn down a Ferrari like the next guy. That'd be amazing. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna be some, you know, some saint who's just like, no, no, no. That would be amazing. But it's actually coming to your priorities. You know, what's actually, if it comes down to it, what is, what would you choose? What's, you know, what's truly important? Yeah, amazing. Have you have you learned? I mean, you you clearly have. You've you've, you've mentioned something there. But like, what have been some of the sort of biggest over the last sort of five, ten years, what have been some of the biggest? Have you had any sort of like eureka moments or big learnings like about yourself? Like, because a lot of this must be, I don't know, is there a lot of introspection or do you, do you I don't know. Yeah, I, I think, you know, doing what I do, it's, it's not a, a team sport. So it's not like, uh, well, football for you guys, um, soccer for us. <laughs> um, you know, it's not like being a baller and, and, playing for a team, you know, passing things along. Yes, you do have, um, you, you have a team and you have to rely on them to help you get up the mountain, like the Sherpas, for example, climbing Everest. But for the most part, it is a very individualized sport, an, an individualistic sport, and you have a lot of time to think. So, you know, going to Antarctica, um, we would wake up, say, at six, seven. I mean, the sun never sets. It just does a big halo in the sky, which kind of messes up your circadian, circadian rhythm. But um, you go to bed and then you wake up, the sun's still out. You go to bed, the sun's out. You wake <laughs> up, the sun's out. It's annoying too, but it's, it's really cool to experience. Um, wake up at, say, seven, get breakfast on the trail. So you just, again, you know, you're, you're forging your own trail. You just look at a compass and you head south. 
And you do that for an hour and then you stop. And then you go for another hour and stop. And the only time that you actually spend with your teammates is when you stop. While you're moving, you know, you have to be bundled up. You have to be covered up. You have a lot of time to think. So I had a lot of time to think down there. And I, I know what motivates me and I know what doesn't motivate me. And I think by doing these expeditions, it's really helped me get a grasp uh, on a lot of things. And, and one thing, I guess, you know, getting to your point and, and getting to your question kind of, of the politician way around about um, skirt around it. <laughs> exactly. Is, you know, I didn't have to go to the tops of, of the mountains to find what I was looking for. I didn't have to go to the South Pole to find what I was looking for. You know, all people have to do is just stare in the mirror and do some introspection. I like that. I guess I could have answered that in no, no, but I mean, 10 I like, minutes. I like, no, no, because then it, I, I, like, I like the story. I like <laughs> Say as many stories as you like. It's all good. <laughs> and I mean, a, a quote which kind of jumped out, which um, I think it was on um, yeah, one, one of the videos, was like this idea of, you know, there's a huge difference between being alive and living. And, you know, everyone is alive, but not everyone is truly living. And is that just kind of how you try and live your life? And you kind of try and live by that throughout everything you do? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, I give motivational talks and inspirational talks around the world to corporations, to nonprofits, universities, to colleges, to basically whoever will listen to me talk. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I really do live. You know, like you said, everybody's alive, but not everyone's truly living. There are so many people who are afraid to step out of their comfort zone that it's holding them back. You know, everybody needs every once in a while, even myself, you know, we need that swift, that proverbial swift kick in the butt to get us moving again. There are so many people who are afraid of change. And what Einstein defines um, insanity as doing the same thing, expecting different results, basically. And if people are stuck in a pattern, they have to change things. And if they don't, they're going to be stuck in that pattern for the rest of their lives. I mean, for me, and I encourage people too is say I'm 80, 90 years old. I don't want to look back at my life and have any what I call what-if questions. You know, what if I would have done this? What if I would have tried harder? What if I would have changed this? What if I would have done that? You know, we we have one one life, and we have one chance at, at this crazy thing. And make the most of it and, and don't have any what-if questions. Yeah, absolutely. No, like regret. I mean, there's nothing worse, is it, than actually looking back thinking, if only I'd done that or regrets and yeah. stuff like that, you know. You, you, you've used this analogy um, of success, which I, I, I really resonated with because it's, it's uh, you're a bit of a believer in visualization, aren't you? You know, because you have this analogy of success where you're, I'm sure you explain it a lot better, but success isn't at the top of the mountain, but we already start successful. It's already in the mind. Could you maybe just explain that a little bit better? Because before you ever do anything, you can actually, you see the end result. You've already painted the picture in your mind. You, it's almost a living, breathing thing you know and is that how, how's that how's that helped you because do you think by seeing it in the mind first then you know before you achieve anything you've got to see it in the mind yeah that that's actually really close um so everybody uses the mountain analogy like you were saying this one i knew there was a triangle involved yeah no, everybody <laughs> does it you know everybody does the mountain like this when you're a kid you know you draw mountains like this and they always come to a peak in that little snow at the top but everybody, you know, using the mountain analogy, everybody wants to get to the top. And most people start at the bottom and they build upon those goals to get to the top. What I do is I flip the mountain, start at the top. And like you said, you know, I'm a big proponent and big believer of uh, visualization. 
So, you know, what I, whatever goal I have, whatever I'm trying to do, whatever I'm trying to accomplish, it could be in business, it could be uh, in my personal life, it could be my, my, my private life, you know, my love life, my um, physical, whatever, it doesn't matter. But every night, if I have a goal, I lay down there and I close my eyes before I fall asleep and I visualize myself on the top. You know, in trying to trying to include every sense imaginable. So smell it forever. Smelling the ozone, uh, feeling the wind, hearing the wind. You know, uh, tasting the water, the oxygen that I had on my face. You know, doing all of that and visualizing literally everything I possibly can, making it real in my mind. So that way, even before I begin down that journey, even before I begin going after that goal, I'm already successful. So what that translates into. Everybody has obstacles they encounter when they're going towards a goal. A lot of people, when they encounter those obstacles, say something gets a little too difficult. They give up, they quit, they go away. If you're as successful in your mind and those obstacles get in your way, you will never be frustrated to the point of quitting. Because, you, because you've already achieved it in your mind. And so this is... It is just an obstacle. It's just something to slow you down, but it's not a roadblock. It's not something which actually would ever... You, you never even contemplate that it would stop you because you've already, you've already achieved it. So Exactly. Right? Exactly. I like it. I've got it. <laughs> I'm going to be doing this to people Flip now. Flip them out. <laughs> <laughs> and what is this bit? I'm chucking on the spot here. So if you can't think of, of, you know, if you don't have one that jumps out, then no, no wise. But is there, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Be- oh, best piece of advice I've ever received. You know, when I was, I think it was either 12 or 13, and I could run to my bathroom and get it. It's a, it's a book that's sitting right in the corner of my bathroom. So I see it every morning when I brush my teeth, wash my face, go to the bathroom, you know, whatever. And it just says, never, never quit. I like that. Just, and so that, that's is that it. almost a mantra, which you've just, you've just lived by. Yeah. And, and, you know, like I said, I got that when I was, I think, 12 or 13. So right before my cancers, and it, be, it became a mantra, too. But I've I've done a lot of thinking about my goals and what I'm doing and never, never quit. I mean, it makes sense and it really is good. But I tell people, you know, and I just thought about it right now, um, I, but I, I tell people that you have to focus on the positive. Never, never quit is still negative. It should be, you know, keep going or keep climbing or something. Always, and, always, always. Yeah, always, finish. always. <laughs> Finish. Yeah, exactly. Always, always, whatever. We can trademark that one. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still negative because when people are thinking, say, uh, you're walking a tightrope or you're walking down the street or whatever and somebody's clumsy, they're always thinking, don't trip, don't trip, don't trip. And what do they do? They trip yeah. because it's still in their mind. If you're thinking, you know, stand tall, walk fast, you know, continue down this path. If it's positive, you're not thinking about the negative. So I gotta rethink that never never quit thing now. <laughs> yeah. You're bust by bubble, living, man. You've been living your whole life by that shit. I've been living my whole life by a lie. I'm living a lie. <laughs> <laughs> well, one one thing which obviously seemed quite tough was when when you were 13 or um, 14, you were, you're at school and through the all the medica- medication and stuff you were on, like you put on like 60 pounds. That's like, like four stones. You lost all your hair, and you were saying yourself how like school was almost like a, a popularity contest. And so that you know, as a, as a kid, that must have been you know ex- extremely hard. And I, what what kind of advice would you give to someone who's sort of either it doesn't even have to be that, but struggling with confidence, finding it hard to believe in themselves, um, just whatever throughout life. You know, are there any sort of great advice for confidence that you found, or is it kind of backing yourself, or any, I don't know. 
Go. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good <laughs> question. And and again, I'm going to go back to flipping the mountain. You know, focus on the end result. Yeah. Focus on what you want out of life, and focus on uh, if if you want to be popular, focus on being popular. But just make sure you you stay true to yourself. Don't change for other people. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and you, I know that you've got this amazing um, uh, the Cancer Climate so- um, Association or like organization. It's you and your brother. You co-founded it. Um, what kind of like legacy do you want to leave behind? Is that is is that part of like your legacy? Because this is an amazing project, and um, maybe just explain because it's you've got this 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 big truck which is just going to go around around the country to all these cancer wards. Um, can you maybe just explain that? Yeah, so we actually have a, a video online. I don't I don't know what the link is, but if you just go Sean Swan or Cancer Climber YouTube, you'll you'll find it. Um, but it's going to be a mobile camp. Well, we we do a couple things right now. The, one of the, one of the things is uh, we give what we call adventure support grants to cancer excuse me to cancer survivors, and we help them accomplish something that they couldn't accomplish when they were sick. So when you're a survivor, now you have a new lease on life. You know you have a new opportunity, and every year so far for the past I want to say six or seven years, uh, we've given a trip to Kilimanjaro because we, I run a trip up Kilimanjaro, the highest point in Africa. We do a six day climb hike. It's really just an adventure hike. Um, or endurance hike, six-day hike, and a five-day safari. And we will pay for a cancer survivor's trip, completely funded, so they, just, they get to go to Africa for free and see the, get to, hopefully get to the highest point in Africa and go on a safari through the Serengeti. Um, and we're doing that July 12th to the 26th, if anybody wants to go, if anybody's interested. Um, but the other thing that you mentioned is the mobile camp. And oftentimes people can't get to the camps because of their compromised immune system. So if a child, say a 14-year-old, is going through chemo, their immune system is so low they could possibly die of a common cold, which obviously no one wants to have happen. So they can't get to the camps. What we came up with was this idea and this notion of a traveling camp for the kids. And it's you guys call them lorries. It's a semi-truck or a lorry that travels around to different children's hospital parking lots and unfolds to 6,700 square feet. And in this climate-controlled dome, we're going to have a high-ropes course, a climbing wall, movie theater, classroom, game room, cafeteria, and a 2,000-square-foot turf area, grass area, where they can put up tents and camp for the weekend. That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> yeah, we just need an extra $2 bucks. You know anybody who has a check with $2 million? Bucks? Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> <laughs> Sure. Now maybe just a couple of speed round questions just to finish up. Like, what does a fulfilled life mean to you? Ooh, a fulfilled life. I suppose it would mean leaving, like you said, leaving a legacy of what I've done, but not necessarily what I've done for me, but to help other people. And knowing that when I do pass away, that I've changed lives in the better, for the better. That's awesome. And what is one thing uh, all our listeners can do today that will have a massive positive effect on their lives? Stop thinking and just do it. So many times the brain gets in the way and then you start thinking about it. Questions arise. You start thinking, oh, well, what about this? What about this? Get that crap out of your head and just do it. Nice. I like it. I like these. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. And are there any books or resources which have changed or had a big imp- impact on you? Oh, yeah, mine. Um, (laughs) i have a bunch of copies i don't know if you can see it no you can't uh it's called keep climbing everybody should get it it's the best book ever written (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna chuck that we'll put that in the show notes for sure (laughs) 
And last but not least, how can people stay in touch, find out more about you and like your work and everything you're doing? SeanSwarner.com. And I tell people, Sean, just like Sean Connery, S-E-A-N, just like the Warner Brothers, but with an S on the front. SeanSwarner.com. Sean, I really, really appreciate you taking the time out today. It's, uh, it's, it's been amazing. Thank you so, so much. No, it's, it's been great, man. I really appreciate it. What you're doing is fantastic. I'm, I'm honored to be a part of it. Thank you. Thank you. We'll catch up soon. Bye, <laughs> man.